Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the Motivated Lawn Care Show. I'm your host, Caleb Nguyen. And as you guys know, I've been trying to uh, get a couple more big players on the uh, on the podcast. A couple guys who are are doing over a million dollars a year. And uh, it's been it's been kind of crazy. We've had some really, really cool guys, really cool guests on the show. Um, actually, in the spring, we have an interview with Mike Andes, which I'm, I'm a little bit excited for that. He's a little bit busy now, but he said he could do it in the spring. Uh, but no, we have a, a ton of cool guys that we've had on. And uh, it, it kind of all stemmed from a post that I just put up in the uh, the Lawn Care Millionaires Facebook group. Not a, not a plug for the Facebook group, but I did post in there. I was like, hey, are there any millionaires here who would like to come on the podcast? And I thought maybe one person, you know, maybe. But I've had a lot of guys reach out and say, hey, would love to be on the podcast. So today on the podcast, we have Andrew King. Andrew King is the owner, owner of uh, Royal Lawn Care. And then it's, what is it, Sam's Turf? Yeah, Sam's Turf. And Sam's Turf. So, um Royal Lawn Care is the like the lawn mowing maintenance division, and then Sam's Turf is the fur division, and uh, they're killing it. And uh, I'll I'll let them take the floor from here. But uh, really cool to to have you on, and and thanks for hopping on for me. Well, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I we started mowing when I was twelve years old. My brother got a real job at Home Depot. Said, "Hey, you want to mow the neighbor's yard?" I was like, "Sure, it's twenty yeah. bucks or fifteen dollars back." You know, this is we're talking oh. 25, 30, 30, 25 years ago. So, you know, I was like, sure, make a little cash, whatever, and use my dad's mower. Um, take it from there, you know, and went all the way through high school. We were mowing, I was mowing 40 yards, riding the lawnmower around in the neighborhood, a little trailer, like you see all these high school kids doing. Yeah. Um, went to college at UMKC in Kansas City, went nights, weekends, whatever I could, so I keep working. Um, got out of college and decided this, you know, I had opportunities to go work at a bank, do all that kind of, you know, get a real job. People say, I was like, no, I, I don't want to work for somebody. I want to do this. I want to, you know, I was making more money working three mowing three days a week in college than any of my friends that just graduated were, you know, working at a bank or working at, you know, whatever office job. And I was like, I don't know. We'll see what, see what happens. You know, I can always do something else later. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was graduate college in 2008. 2009 and nice. yeah i was decided like all right let's do this see what happens work my tail off you know met my wife and so she she even says today like you know i work at eight to five now but you know back then it was you know you work till dark you get up 6 a.m you work till dark every day and you know you you have to somewhat force it to work you know you got to put the time in yeah. um and then a couple years ago you know we we were gotten stuck in that same which a lot of people are probably watching us get stuck in that four to six, $700,000 range. You're doing everything yourself. You're struggling. You can't keep up with everything. And um, I joined service Island pilot Academy. Um, that was right when it was starting with John, John Toshnik um, joined that got into that. Um, and, you know, first thing they're like, Hey, you're at size. You need to hire somebody in the office to answer the phone. It's like, okay, let's do it. Next spring, I hired somebody. Um, Nicole, she's still with me. She's she's the general manager of both companies now. Um, but we were doing about 700000 the year before. Hired her in April. She'd never done lawn care, never done anything like that. Went from 700000 to $1.3 million in one year. And I attribute it solely to her from answering the phone, responding to emails, you know, with Service Autopilot, if you use it or any of these softwares, you know, you can measure it send them an email, you know, our average to, to somebody call in and have them estimate in their email box and have them sold is like seven minutes. Yeah. So 
bam, 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 they sign it, credit card on file, like yep. it's done. And the people don't have to worry about it. Like we always found like people will call you, you don't answer. Well, they just call the next locker company and the next one until somebody answered. Yeah, I need my long mode. Okay, 45 bucks done. Mm-hmm. Well, putting somebody in the office, we sell it right there. And people all the time, even to this day, are like, you guys actually answer the phone? I was like, yeah, I have as many people in the office I need to to answer the phone every time, whether we're spring rush, everything. We'll have seven, eight people in the office, technicians in the office. Mm-hmm. So that was a big turning point um, in how we grew. And then when COVID hit, we decided to get rid of landscape install. Um, I didn't really like it. I was doing all the design, checking on the crews, didn't want to hire a landscape designer. So we cut that out. We're like, let's just do maintenance. Let's only do pretty much what we can sell over the phone. I can sell from Google Earth or from SA. So we don't have to do site visits. Um, we do some just for like mold stuff we can't see. Um, and that was a big, we, we cut out half a million dollars in sales that year. Just cold turkey said, we're done. We finished the jobs we had sold and got out of it, sold the equipment. Um, that next year, that same year, we got the opportunity to buy the turf, turf company, Sam's Turf. Um, it'd been around since 1985. He had a great reputation, great route density, um, but it was in the dark ages. Um, he even admits it to this day. Like it was still on paperwork. It was still in, uh, he actually designed his own program in 2000 using Microsoft access. So it was all this database manual entry. It worked, it worked really good. I was like, dude, if you could have like kept going with this from 2000, you'd be ridiculously loaded because you had the first service autopilot. You, I mean, it, it worked. It just a lot of manual entry. Um, and we bought that company. They're doing a little under a million in sales, mm-hmm. 2,400 customers. Um, and now three years, three years ago, September 15th, uh, we've added a little over a thousand customers and more than double the revenue. So wow. it's been, it's been a fun ride. That's crazy. That's crazy. And how long have you been in lawn care since the, so since 12 years old, so how many years has that been total? Uh, 30, no, 28, I'm 38. So crazy 20 26 or 26 years yeah i can't do math so yeah 26 <laughs> years um but officially like i i call it official when i graduated 2009 is when we actually changed the company name to royal lawn service hmm. um before that it was andrew's mowing or so you know it was yeah still my still my high school little job but we changed it and um started branding it we've got you know we wrapped trucks did all that stuff um so 2009 or 2010 so about 18 yeah, about 13 years official, but I've been mowing since I could remember. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. No, that's a crazy, crazy story. Very yeah. similar. And I was saying before, before we hopped on, I think all the guys that I've had on here have very similar stories in regards yeah. to, especially with uh, the common uh, service autopilot academy and Jonathan Potoshnik and and those guys. It's just, I don't, I can't say that I've met a guy who has been on the podcast, who does over a million dollars, who has not been through that training, who was not in that mastermind, mm-hmm. who wasn't up yeah. that. And those are the guys who built businesses. And I know people who have, you know, a $2 million business, but there's no way you'd ever get a hold of them. And they're, they're running it in the dark ages. And I mean, running a $2 million company off of, you know, QuickBooks and some Excel sheets is absolutely horrific and i know people who do it and they hate life it's just like yeah. just awful um 
And yeah, no, I, I see so many similarities there. Some questions for you about um, what what did it really, how did you get to the point of five, 600,000, right? Because some guys are even struggling to get to that point. What were you guys doing for marketing? Was it just like a slow and steady over time? You just built it up. What happened with, with that? What was the first part there? Yeah, a lot of it was slow and steady, built it up. I attribute a lot to my dad. My dad's an attorney in town, knows a lot of people. Um, and so we were introduced to a lot of people that way. Um, but a lot of it, you know, we did back before I knew, you know, the academy stuff, like we did door hangers, we did flyers, you know, a lot of it is just networking and hustling. Like, you know, I'm, I'm in college, I'm, you know, going to college two days a week or something nights. And then, you know, my buddies are all going out partying. Well, I would Saturdays, instead of going out to do this or that, I'd go out and hang door hangers or I'd go something. I mean, a lot of it's just, you have to have the determination to mm -hmm. want to be there yeah. And, you know, nobody's going to hand it to you. Nobody's going to just give it to you. Um, but a lot of it's just working, like, and getting organized so you know where your money's going. Because when you're when you're doing 300000 and you got, like, one crew, you, like, it's pretty easy to make good, good money. Yeah. But when you start getting to that next level and the bills start getting real, you're in a shop, you're doing this, you're, you're not doing any labor. You're, mm -hmm. you're paying all the labor out. Like the time to get it right is when you're at that couple hundred thousand. Yeah. Um, and then, but yeah, a lot of it's just hustling. Like every Saturday go out and knock on doors. Like, you know, if I got, if I got mowing on one yard back then, you know, I would go, I'd tell, you know, talk to that neighbor. I'd go knock on all the neighbor's doors. I'd go knock on the street. Hey, I'm mowing this yard down the street, you know, for blah, blah, blah. You know, Hey, I'd like to mow yours too. While I'm here, I'll get you a deal. Um, but a lot of it's just hustling. I mean, it's just, my wife says it, I think I said it before my wife questioned whether she wanted to be with me because I worked so much, you know, <laughs> she'd be at my house, you know, I was living with a friend at one time and she'd be at the house hanging out with him. I wouldn't get back till nine o'clock in the summertime because I'd be mowing till dark and yeah. she'd just be sitting there hanging out. It's like, sorry, you know, but eventually it does, if you do stuff right and get organized, it does get better. Like I was telling you before, I could literally walk in the next office, tell my, my general manager, Hey, I'm leaving for a month. I'll see you at Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving, or I could see you in January and it, they would be a little stressed out, but it would be fine. Like mm -hmm. I don't, I don't do any of the day to day. They try to make me do some of the day to day stuff. I get sucked into it sometimes, but you know, it's, you know, a business. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's there's that a lot of the hustling, a lot of getting it out there. And mm -hmm. I've heard so many guys who it's really interesting as well um, that a lot of times you hear about this fancy Facebook or something fancy, Google, online, that kind of stuff. And the guys that I know who do a million plus a year, they're like, "Yep, we have Google Ads, we have it set for a certain amount of money, and we yeah. go do every door direct mail and door hangers." And we just know you pump this and you pump that out. Um, and they just keep it super simple on that side of things. Yeah. So that's uh, I'm just picking up so many things that are just the same and commonalities there. So so give me a little bit more of the rundown. You guys went from 750 to 1.3 in one year, which I mean, mm -hmm. almost doubling when you're already at $700,000 is a pretty decent jump, I would say. So what what changed that year? I know you said you hired Nicole in the, in the office. Mm -hmm. 
what else changed that year? Were you guys, you guys start using service autopilot? What did you guys start doing that year that made things different? Um, I was already on service autopilot and I, frankly, that's what, and Nicole will tell you, like, that's, she doesn't understand how I did 700 by myself, but service autopilot was how everything was in there. You know, I just had a computer in the truck. Like uh, the biggest thing was just, we are able to sell and close more just because she answered the phone. The customer service was there, which we were severely lacking. We, we literally could not grow anymore because I couldn't answer the phone and get to these people. And so that the two things that she was able to sell to the phone and then it freed me up to go out, talk to commercial clients, go network, go do chamber of commerce or, you know, um, BNI meetings or whatever, you know, networking to, to find more leads that way. Um, yeah, I guess a lot of it is answer the phone so we could sell immediately. Mm-hmm. Your customer service gets improved with that. And then it opened me up to go sell more. Like, you know, a landscape, we're doing, you need a retainable job. Well, she'd answer the phone, get set up, put it on my calendar, I'd go do it. Well, before, I'd call the people back at the end of the day because that's when I'd have time to call them back. And then yeah. it's like, maybe I get an appointment in a couple of weeks. Like, I lost the sale. So it's like, we were just able to close the sales. Um, and even the bids that we I did before, you know, with Service Autopilot and you've interviewed Mike Callian, we used 21 days to close. Mm-hmm. We'd follow up on it and close that sale. So our, I, I never tracked it well enough when we were that small. Like our close rate was probably, oh, I don't even know, 10%, 20%. You know, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we close at least 50. Sometimes it depends on time of year, 60%. So it's just a multitude of factors, but it freed me up and just drastically improved our customer service. And now we're up to Nicole runs the thing. And then I've got three other girls in office, a manager for each company. And like, when we get in the springtime, I'll be in here answering the phone, both my managers. And sometimes we pull extra technician in to answer the phone so that we answer it. We don't have voicemails. Yeah. Like, and if we do get a voicemail, it's, three minutes and we're calling you back, you know, next person off the phone is calling them. So, yeah. And people, even today, people are like, I can't believe you answered the phone. Every time you call, you answer the phone. I was like, yeah, I will, I will put 10 girls in this office. I say <laughs> girls, people in this office to make sure the phone's answered. Yeah. Yeah. So how does it, I'm curious too, because I was thinking about next spring and I'll tell you, share with you some of the goals for our business for this next spring um, and next season. But my main thing is if we need to grow by three, 400 clients, 500 clients in a span of, I mean, it really happens in the spring. Yeah, they trickle in over the summer, but they also trickle out over the summer. Unless you're continually really going after the summer, you're really not going to get that much mid-season. But I found it yeah. just like crazy. I have, I've been able to get a good, you know, 20% growth mid-season, but you need to be at door hangers every day, all day. Yeah. Uh, installs, all this stuff. So how do you... <laughs> What is the what what kind of technology are you using that you can answer the phone? Because I'm assuming it's it's one centralized number, and then mm-hmm. if this person doesn't pick up after this amount of time, it goes to this phone and then this phone. Like, how does that? How do you guys even do that? Um. So we have I don't even know eight phones in the office, so it just it rings and it'll pop up and it'll say it depends what phone number they're calling in on. It'll say Royal or it'll say Sam. So they can answer the phone and say, Hey, this is Morgan with Royal lawn service, or this is Morgan with Sam's turf care. <laughs> and until we tell people like, we'll have people call in for Royal and ask for a bid for mowing. And then they'll like, 
10 minutes later, we'll call in and ask Sam's for, see if we mow. And they'll talk to, they're like, this is more, and, she, and she'll be like, yeah, I just talked to you 10 minutes ago. And he's like, oh crap, like I'm, it's the same company. So like people don't really know, we tell them, we cross sell. Um, but yeah, it just, it if they're not on the phone, the phone rings and then um, a couple of ladies have like, they can, we can transfer them to any phone. So we just, it, it gets loud in here. <laughs> Anybody on the phone, you know, it's like, it gets, it gets crazy, but you know, we, we make sure winter time is one of our busiest times. We get everything for the spring ready. Mm. Cause when, where are you out of? I'm out of upstate New York. So we get a lot of snow. Yeah. We, get a lot of snow. We, we get some snow and a lot. So like we start first in February 15th or try to, but like come mid March, we don't do anything but sell. Mm. Like, my my general manager, she doesn't do the bookkeeping hardly. Like it's all answer the dang phone. Like we even they'll come in on Saturdays and Sundays. Um, they'll pay them extra to come in on the weekends just because if they don't, Mondays are terrible. Because like if we don't come in on a Saturday in the busy season, we'll have two hundred fifty emails on Monday morning and hundred voicemails, and it's like you can't Crazy. keep up. Yeah, I mean it's this year was a little slower. Our best year was two years ago. Um, I think we had almost 3000 leads and added, added almost thousand customers. Yeah. And again, like you said, I don't know, 75% are in eight weeks mm. and middle of March through into May. And then, you know, we, we see, see narration. So that, you know, we'll have a bump in July and August on that, but nothing like springtime when the Dana lines pop, Dana lines are our arch nemesis because they all pop at once here. Yeah, and they Ring. pop, and it's like, oh, it's we'll be in the office till nine o'clock at night. Like it's it's crazy. Yeah, everybody wants them wants them killed right then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously, what you're doing, what you did at five six hundred thousand to get to that mark when it even comes to marketing, I'm curious what you guys do to get three thousand leads as a million dollar company. Obviously, you're not out there hanging door hangers anymore. So what do you, what do you guys? Um, we do. We actually do do door hangers. Really? Okay. We we didn't. We do some. We used to do a lot more, um, and that's something we're getting back into. We're gonna probably next spring have a crew that gets hired. Two people get hired on. All they will do is door hangers for the mm -hmm. whole entire spring. Yep. Um, we used to do it like you get a rain day. I'd send the guys out, or we're slow on a Friday, and, and that doesn't work anymore. Um, but the main things we do, we do every door direct mail. Um, you know, we have the yard signs. We do a really good job of marketing to our current clients. So people think I'm crazy, but we pay a hundred dollar referral fee. Most people ever I see, they're like, oh, I'll pay $25 referral fee. Well, for us, it costs us, depends on the time of year, a hundred to $200 to acquire a customer. Mm -hmm. Well, why don't I just pay my customer a hundred dollars? Yeah, yeah. And so I have customers that don't pay for their service. Because all they got, you know, let's say they have a FERT package, it's $600 for the year. They just got to find me six neighbors and they don't pay for their FERT for the year. That's crazy. And these old, these old guys love it. They're like, I don't pay for my lawn service. I just got to give them six people. And so we pay a hundred dollar referral credit. So we, we get several hundred a year and people are like, that's crazy hundred dollars, but it's actually cheaper than acquiring yeah. them through Google or Facebook or any of this other stuff. So yeah. um, we do that. Everdoor Direct Mail, which Everdoor Direct Mail two years ago, three years ago worked amazing. Mm -hmm. Last year didn't work very good. 
and I've heard that from a lot of guys. Like it's it went way downhill. And when I say every door direct mail, we sent two hundred thousand postcards last year. Yeah. So, which is a lot, and we hit everybody two or three times. And like previous years, it worked really well. I mean, we would get we would know when the postcards go out because the phones would just <laughs> blow up. Yeah. Um, and then this last year, I'd have to check the numbers, but it was noticeably down. And other guys I've talked to said the same thing. So we do that. Um, all their trucks are wrapped. Um, the Royal trucks are bright yellow. Sam's trucks are bright pink. Um, you know, we do all the Google ads, Facebook ads, videos. We're doing more videos this year. Um, we're trying to do some more podcasts and stuff like that just to get get our name out. Um, but a lot of it is like Sam's been around since 85. So like in our communities we're in, everybody knows us. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Like if they haven't, I mean, I'll have to, when you post this, I'll send you some, some pictures, but like our density, like our, my technicians don't leave neighborhoods. Like they'll yeah. do two streets, like eight on this street, 10 on this street, six on the next one. And so like when we show up in the neighborhood, there's lawn signs in every yard, every other yard on the street. And so a lot yeah. of it just, and that's why we want to buy a company is it's, it's made it easy to expand in some ways just because everybody knows the company. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I don't have as much insight uh, as some guys would have of starting it from scratch. Um, Cause we already had that density, already had the brand awareness. Um, but a lot of it is, you know, our competitors are a lot of the national guys. It's either the big nationals, true green, weed man, there's a couple others, or it's little guys. Well, we get better customer service than the little guys. Cause we answer the phone. If you need, you call in and say, Hey, I got a couple of deadlines. Can you come spray them? We'll be there probably the next day, if not the day after at the worst, 48 hours. Um, you know, we use top quality products, you know, our managers, my man, my FERT manager has more certificate, knows more than I do about it. You know, it's, you do the good customer service, we answer the phone and do good quality work for a fair price. And since we have the density, I don't have to charge a premium price. So we can actually are closer. People will be like, Oh, you're cheap. I'm like, yeah, but I do 12 yards on the street. I can be cheap yeah, and still make the same money, if not more. So, um, you know, we're middle range on pricing. There's a lot of guys that are more than us, but you know, it is what it is. Um, but a lot of it's just quality and communication mm. is so I'd have to look, you know, we probably added 700 customers this year and you know, we lose we lose several hundred through attrition, but like we're at 10% churn rate this year. So we lost three, 400 customers just moving whatever. And we add, so we're up about 300, 400 customers this year overall. Mm. And, uh, you know, I would, I'd have to run numbers, but probably three out of the seven, 300 out of the 700 are probably referrals. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's that hundred dollars makes a difference because I used to with Royal, like you refer a mowing client, we'll give you, you know, a free mowing, which, you know, 40 bucks. You put a hundred, you know, our signs will have a hundred dollar bill on. It's like you get a hundred bucks if you refer somebody who signs up for a package and it, it makes a difference. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's uh, definitely something we'll have to, to implement immediately. And um, question for you on, I know mm-hmm. you said that in the spring, right? You guys are focused on selling. Nobody's even doing the bookkeeping. Everybody's on selling. So what do you guys have in place on the back end 
so that you are still like the bookkeeping still gets done. All that stuff gets done. Even I mean, you have all that stuff going on. So like, I mean, when I say bookkeeping does, it gets done, but like not to the extent, like we have to get caught up on a lot of stuff. I mean, we still watch the books, make sure cards aren't getting charged, you know, but like it's, we sell 70, 80% of our stuff in eight weeks. So it's those eight weeks. It just, we're answering the phone and getting sold. And we'll, we'll, I can't remember. I think Jonathan said it. Basically, you forget about everything. I can't remember how you put it. But you basically forget about everything and then you'll fix it later. Because if you miss the, that sale in April, you can't sell that customer until next April. Because if they get signed up with somebody else, unless there's a serious problem with it, they're gone. So for us, you know, stuff just goes aside, you know, paperwork stacks up that we got to file. And like, it just, the priority is sales. hundred mm. percent. And we, we keep up like the book. I say, we don't do the books. We do the books, <laughs> but just the bare minimum to make sure we're not losing money. Money's there, you know, everything. But yeah. um, my account lasts because, you know, she checks our stuff every month and she's like, you haven't done much this month. I was like, well, we just haven't entered anything. Like <laughs> we'll get to it in July. Yeah. Um, and, and, because we found that, you know, yeah, if you don't sell that customer, then you don't get a chance to sell them until next year, most likely. So mm-hmm. it just, it's just what you got to do. And, you know, like you said, you, you, we trickle in, we sell customers every day, even in the summer, we're still selling for packages now and we only have one round left. Um, but it's, we're also losing them. So it's kind of, you're staying the same size. Um, so yeah, it just, you got to focus on something certain time. And like when we hit C narration, um, you know, early August, when we start working on all that and start seeing late August, like again, stuff gets pushed to the side and we just work on that, you know, working extra hours. And, um, and then basically as you grow, stuff's going to break. Right. Hmm. So when we're selling in the spring, stuff breaks, stuff needs fixed. <laughs> yeah. And we just push it to the side until we have a little bit more time in June or whatever. Um, and that's how, even as these guys grow from hundred to 500 to 700,000, you're going to run into these roadblocks. And that's what like Academy, um, we use Jason cup, who was part of Academy as a consultant and we, you know, mastermind groups, all that stuff is basically they show you the roadblock. Like when you're at 500, when you're at 200,000, I can tell you at 500,000 or 400,000, you need to hire an office person. Mm. Well, cause that's a roadblock. Well, if I can tell you that before and you can hire that person at 400,000 instead of 600,000, you won't get stuck at 600,000. And then when you hit a million, you need to have an operations guy. Well, if you know that, if I, if you listen to this and you know that like, Hey, I'm at 700,000, I got my office person. I want to do a million next year. Well, you need to hire your office, your operations person now. And then you'll blow right past it. There won't be a roadblock. You'll just skip. Oh, I see what he's talking about. You'll blow right past it. And then all of a sudden you'll be, be at a million and a half before you know it. So a lot of these groups pod and now it's way different. When I started Academy, the podcast thing, YouTube wasn't as big. Like yeah, now a lot of this information, just go, go watch YouTube videos. I, I have a couple of buddies we help out that are in that three, 400,000 range. Just started the business a couple years ago. I'm like, here, here's a list of names. Go watch these guys' videos. And then when you get a little bit bigger and when you get more serious, go hire, go hire a consultant 
to help you with some of the more finer details or go get join a mastermind group. Um, because yeah, you'll hit these roadblocks. So you got 500,000, a million, you need an operations guy. When you start getting to a million and a half, um, you, you've got other issues, you know, basically you got to not do any day-to-day stuff. You got to get out and, you know, three, six months, 12 months, two year, three year stuff. Um, but these groups, these podcasts, whatever will help you see that coming and then you can blow right through it. Right. Right, right, right. No, there's, there's a lot there. I want to jump in real quick. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll do this. So you said there's a couple of, of um, roadblocks. The first one is five, 600 um, yep. office manager. And I think I've heard this a couple of times from a couple of guys. A million is the um, operations. is operations. And then one and a half is you have to get out. So when you get out, what does that look like for you? Are you mostly, are you just high level sales or is that the point where you get a salesperson to go, you know, do all the commercials? Yeah, it, it depends what your structure is. So like, wise, we're pretty much all residential. Mm-hmm. We sell it all over the phone. My girls and all, I don't actually have what I would call a sales team. My CSRs, we all sell it like, that's something we're probably going to work into for next spring is having actual salespeople. But the problem is, you know, you know, if I have one salesperson, that one salesperson can't handle our sales and I can't afford to have four. So it's like, that's what we're working on now, but it depends if you're doing, you know, just maintenance. So mowing, bush trimming, like all of our bush trimmings hourly, our mulch will bid bed maintenance is hourly leaf cleanup is hourly. So like a lot of stuff, I don't need a salesperson. I don't need somebody to go out and sell it. And that's how we structured it. That like my girl, I can train a girl on the phone in a couple months to sell this stuff. You know, you call in, you want leaf removal, which we're starting to sell right now. Like, Hey, it's, this is your minimum price. This is your hourly rate per guy. Um, you know, we can look at them on Google Earth and through SA and be like, okay, you got a ton of trees. Yeah, you're probably going to, we can give them a ballpark or they'll give us a do not exceed number. Like, hey, don't exceed 500 bucks. Cool. I'll tell the guys this how many hours they got. Get it the best you can in those hours, stuff like that. Um, if you're doing install, yeah, probably, if you're doing a lot of install, probably at that million, million dollar mark, it's going to be either operations and, that guy that does operations can do the sales for install. He can run the crews and sell it. Um, but again, well, I'm not in that. So it'd be somebody else would be better, but like fertilizer, we'll do 2 million this year in fertilizer, aeration, seed. I've got one operations manager, seven technicians, um, and a couple of girls in the office. I mean, for me, all I do, I help out busy times. I help sell. Um, but then times like right now, um, uh, right now, I'm just working on Christmas lights because Royal does Christmas lights, um, helping them just get that going. We're starting hanging lights this week. Mm. So I just help out here and there. And then I work on what we're doing. Like once I get the Christmas lights going um, from now till spring, I'll be working on next year. Like I won't. Well, I got to work on snow. I got to do some snow contracts. But then basically I'm working on what are we doing next spring? Are we doing door hangers? Are we doing, you know, how many guys are we going to need? What kind of equipment? Like that's, I'm starting that now. Mm-hmm. So we can make decisions by the end of the year for, you know, what equipment we need, all that stuff. And then working on next year and I'm actually quarterly, I'll work on 
the following year. So I'm working on 2024 and then I'm also working on 2025 mm. to see, you know, where we're going, you know, what size we're hoping to be, what we're doing with the company, what we need staffing. Um, Cause again, everybody probably knows staffing is the hardest thing. So yeah. if I know, if I know, let's say next year, I want a sales guy, right? Um, maybe two, I don't know. Well, I'm going to hire that person in January when they're laid off of their other company or don't have anything to do. I've got the money saved up to afford it. So I'll hire that guy in January and get them trained so that they're ready to go in April. Well, if I want to do that, I got to start that now. Right. So it's a lot of forward thinking. It's frankly out of my comfort zone. I'm used to being the guy out in the field, mm -hmm. working on equipment, doing all that stuff. And so it's, it's hard for me to walk away from some of that. Cause that's why like. I like, I did this to work outside, to work in my hands, do all that stuff that everybody likes. But now I'm at a point, it's like, I can't afford to do that. So one of the biggest lessons I learned from Academy, um, I don't, it's probably Jonathan that said this. So there's $10 an hour work, $50 an hour work, $100 an hour work, $1,000 an hour work, and $10,000 an hour work. Well, as the owner, I shouldn't do anything under $1,000 an hour. What's, it, what's this work I'm physically doing? work to the company a thousand. Well, I'm planning for next year. That's probably a thousand dollar an hour work. Yeah. I shouldn't be doing dispatch. I shouldn't be working on equipment because I should pay somebody to do that. Right. So it's, it's a whole different mindset when you get to million, million and a half, like everything I do, I got to look at like, what's this work to the company? Is this a $50 an hour job? Mm. Well, I should be paying somebody in my office 18 bucks an hour to do it for me. Right. Yeah. Instead of, me doing it it's hard to let go with some of that stuff and that's what these guys will, will find when you're in half five hundred thousand you want to hire an office person physically letting the stuff go and letting them do it is hard it's really hard yeah yeah so but yeah it's i'm i'm working on long-term stuff i mean you, you like to think I'm, I'm supposed to be the ceo you know so yeah, yeah working yeah. on long-term vision stuff but then i get sucked in like yesterday i was working fixing equipment and it's like i like doing it so i don't mind but it's like mm -hmm. i really shouldn't be doing that i should be sitting in the office but my staff knows i can only sit in here so long and then i just gotta leave i gotta go do something because it's it's not for me but you know it's where we're at today yeah yeah so give me a rundown real quick as we, we kind of wrap this out. Um, give me a rundown of, of how you structure, because uh, I know you said staffing is the hardest thing for sure, 100%. Mm -hmm. um, how do you structure your team? Um, do you have an ops manager? I know you said four office people, you, um, seven technicians, 11 guys out in the field. How is that laid out structured? Where's the leadership hierarchies? And how are you hiring for these positions? How do you go about doing that? How often are you doing interviews? What does the process look like to recruit someone and bring them in? What's that all look like? All right. So we'll go over both guns. So Royal Lawn that we do mowing and the maintenance. We've got basically three mowing crews. Each of them has a crew leader. Those crew leaders have been with me for a long time, four, five, eight years. Um, and they have certain responsibilities they do. Um I have an ops operations manager for Royal that runs all the day to day. Um, and so the crew leaders have a lot of extra responsibilities that we put on them, um, but they're good. So they, they keep on, keep on top. And so I have three mowing crews, irrigation tech and a landscape crew. Um, the crew leaders are in charge of a lot of stuff. They got lists of stuff they got to do every week, every day. Um, operation manager monitors all that. Um, 
operation manager does all the dispatch. Um, we've went through four different operations managers, hired them. We had consultants hire them. We, we searched and did all the stuff. None of them ever worked out. The guy I have now has been with me 10 years. He was just a mowing crew leader. And I was like, dude, you know all the guys. You know how we do our stuff. I will take the time to train me. He's not a computer guy or anything. I'll take the time. And we've taken – he's been in, been in operations for two years now. And we got him up and running. He does dispatch on SA. He does follow-ups. Like, if you take the time – I guess my biggest advice on those hiring, if you take the time to actually train them, uh, a lot – a lot – <clears throat> Sorry. A lot of you guys can actually do a job you don't think they can do. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> I never thought he could do office work because he was literally he's mowed for the last 20 years. He's always been a mowing guy. Now he runs the company. Like, and a lot of that realization was when we bought the FERC company. So when we do FERC training, so jump over there. When we hire FERC tech, you know, we, we like it if they have previous FERC experience, but it's not required. I'll train them. And one of the big realizations was, you know, when you train for state requires us to train for two weeks, they can't be on their own for two weeks. So we have to do office training, field training. Well, when you train them for two weeks, most time they stay if you actually train them right. Mm. Well, with Royal, when we're mowing, like you hire a new guy, Hey, here's a weed eater. We'll train them for an hour and go. Well, mm-hmm. those guys don't work out because you don't put the time and effort into it. So mm-hmm. now my operations manager, let's say we hire a weed eater guy. My operations manager is either going to take him out mowing or if we put him on like the commercial crew and there's four or five guys on there, my operations manager will follow that crew for multiple days and work with that one guy for three or four days, full days. Mm. And after starting doing that, we keep them. Yeah. Because we put the time, we put the effort, we show we care and properly train them. Because, yeah, we, we here's a weeder. Here, here's how you edge, here's how you weed eat. Two days later, my crew is like, this guy sucks. Well, did you actually train him? Well, I don't have time. I get my mowing done. So that's, we sent our manager out like, hey, I don't care if it takes a week. You know, go work with them every day. Um, and that's made, I mean, we keep our guys now. Like, we don't have to hire as many because we're able to put the time in to train them properly even for a weedier guy, spend a couple days training them rather than two hours and send them to it. And it's made a big difference. Um, hiring, you know, we use Indeed, we use Facebook, all that stuff. Mm. Um, we interview 365 days a year, 12 months a year. I mean, I never turn the ads off. We'll hire guys, you know, we get, we get a stack, you know, um, I think Kotochnik said, you know, you stack the deck or stack the bench. So we have a stack of applications. If we need to hire a guy, we just start going through guys we've already interviewed ones that have good resumes and we just start calling people. Um, and so hiring this last year hasn't been a problem. Mm. We're able to find guys because again, we put the time in on finding them. We don't ever, Oh, we got a full staff turn the ads off. No, we don't ever turn the ads off. They run, we, we might turn them off like December, January a little bit, but then again, it's like, everybody's laid off in January, mm-hmm. we'll come interview. And then I have a whole, st- I'll have 50, 60 applicants that when we start mowing in March, that I can just, I give it one of the girls here, give me a guy in, start calling. They'll call 20, 30 people until somebody's like, yeah, I need a job still. We've already interviewed them. 
we already approved them. And so that's a big thing is being proactive with hiring. Mm. So that operation manager runs that. Um, but my crew leaders are so good. Like he doesn't have to be here most days. Like they know what they're doing. Um, we have the systems in place. Like they show up, do their job. Sam's we run six, seven technicians in the field. We have one operations manager. Um, she does the same thing. She trains, she does all the training, mm. um, make sure I have all the products, all that stuff. She does dispatching. Um, and then she's always out in the field, checking on them, inspecting the yards, making sure they're doing the, you know, she's the one who goes talk, the customer has a problem. She's the one who goes talk to customer. Um, and then as far as office, yeah, we've got my Nicole, my general manager run, basically runs the whole show. Um, another, another gal who I guess would be our sales lady. Um, she does a little bit of everything, but she's our closer. So if we have a problem client, older clients, she's an older lady so that she can talk to the older clients and, you know, really explain in depth. Then I have two CSRs that younger gals that are good at sales, but, you know, lack the, I want to say life experience that, uh, somebody that's been in sales or been around business for a long time. So they're able to sell a lot of stuff. But if we have issues, it goes to either my Nicole or Stephanie, my two higher ups to get them closed. Um, but again, yeah, we sell 98% of our work on the phone. Yeah. We don't, people are like, oh, you need to come look at it. No, bam, bam, bam. Hey, your, your mowing price is $45. Oh, really? Yeah. We just looked it up, measured it, done. Like, yeah. okay, cool. Sign me up. All right. Here's your email. Sign the, sign the quote. And then it sends them a credit card capture form and, yeah, we'll mow it. once you put the credit card in, we'll mow it tomorrow, you know, or mow whatever day of the week. So it's yeah, streamlined it a lot. So we don't have to go do, you know, we service 3,400, 3,500 FERC clients. And I've got one manager and she maybe does five appointments a week. And that's it. Yeah. Because we're able to, you know, solve the problems over the phone and like, a lot of problems with first side. Hey, I got this brown spot. We'll send us pictures, and most of the time we can tell over the pictures. So it's it's a lot of it is the processes, the systems you have in place to prevent issues. Because like you'll have we had with sand buying sands, there weren't a lot of good systems in place. Getting those systems in, fine tuning them over the last three years. Now it's like my manager. She came from another big company. Um, she's like, oh. She came from uh, Brightview, largest company in the country. She's yeah. like, you're you're years ahead of where they're at. They're so unorganized and this and that. She's like, this is amazing. She's like, I was I was managing twenty guys over there and killing myself. And you're I'm man. She's like, I'm managing seven here, and it's like smooth and easy. Well, mm -hmm. that's what we want. Um. So back to hiring. You know, training. Take the time to train. Yeah. Um. And then. We pay well, which helps. We give good yeah. benefits, um, good bonuses. You know, we try to keep them on. We do snow removal, so we work them till the holidays, and then most of them get laid off. But then we do snow removal, so they get some extra checks. And then we're back. They're off for like six or eight weeks, so that's not terrible. Hmm. Yeah. You guys will go a little bit of time off. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, awesome. No, I think you, I think you touched on everything. I was going to, I was going to be like, Hey, what about this, that for my business? I think you hit on everything to be honest with you. Yeah. You kind of touched all the, all the big corners, the hiring, 
Um, how do you manage the operations? How do you structure that stuff? Sales, marketing. So I think we kind of, I think we hit everything. So um, yeah. Before before we hop off, before I let you go, because I'm sure you got a you got a lot of stuff to do. Uh, you might want to get out of the office and, and go do something. But um, a lot of the guys who tune in are, and we talked about this before. A lot of them are sub hundred thousand dollars a year, and a lot of them are very much like. And I I hear it a lot, and it's not a bad thing. I think it's a great thing. We're like, dude, I want to do a million dollars next year. I want to go out here. I want to kill it. Um, but there's just a lot of guys who they have like very high ambition for themselves, right? Which is good. Um, but they don't have the they don't have all the information. I say the number one thing is you don't have the execution yet. Because if you have the execution, yeah. you'd get stuck at five hundred thousand a year. Um, and you'd be like, hey, I'm stuck at five hundred thousand. We're super profitable, but I'm killing myself. Um, so execution, obviously. Number one, yeah. what else would you have to say for those guys on the side of information? Because obviously we can't beat them into, you know, doing the work like they're supposed to. But what can you leave them with, you think? Um, for those guys that want, you know, that say that, you know, I'm doing 200000 I want to do a million next year. It's never going to happen. It's not. Um, I mean, I guess it could. But, you know, if you, if you keep doing quality work and you keep – educating yourself because that's a lot of guys are like I'm doing this and then they get on these on um, these Facebook groups and, <laughs> and and stuff and it's like dude like one of the biggest takeaways from all my consultants all the stuff I've done go read a book there's a million business books you can listen I listen to them I don't I don't read actually read the books I listen to them on audible mm -hmm. um, or listen to podcast like educate yourself and you'll be surprised where that takes you. Like, I don't know if you, you probably haven't had him on yet. Do you know Jonas Olson? Um, I don't, I don't. Uh, he'd be one. He has his own podcast. He, he does, he was in an academy and he went from doing mowing and everything. Now he does uh, pest control. And I think he just started he's selling franchises now. Um, and that's one of the things I, I got from him was like, he posted uh, a year or two ago, like he finished 52 books in a year, all business self-help books. Like educating yourself is, and that's what Academy did. And these consultants do like educating yourself will take you a lot farther, you know, get off some of these Facebook groups. Like I've gotten off a lot of them. Like I'm on long-term yeah. millionaires and like, I don't pay a lot of attention to it. I'll check it every once in a while, but it's like, go seek out guys like me or guys like higher level guys that are, yeah. have been through where you're at and educate yourself. You know, you can go follow these guys and get a list of books and go, you know, when you're out mowing, put it in, put an audible in and listen to these books that um, will teach you the principles, teach you what you need to do to be a successful business owner. You know, I went to college, but I tell you, I, I don't know if I'd go back. I'd do it again. If I'd go to college, I probably wouldn't because now you have all these books, you have all these podcasts, all these you know, different things, academy, all these different things that you can get the same education um, business-wise or better education business-wise mm. for free, you know, books cost a little bit, but like, you know, I listen to Audible books. I'll, I'll be sitting here in the office working on, you know, Christmas lights and I'm listening to Audible book or watching a podcast, talking about business, talking about marketing, talking about sales. So, you know, stop listening to music when you're out mowing and listen to a podcast or listen to, listen to a book on tape and it will take you, a lot farther and that'll that will can be probably the biggest turning point in your business is the edu educating yourself so that'd be my big big nugget for your podcast is yeah. educate yourself there you go
Hey, and and the, the listeners are have already gotten started. So if you guys are just listening to me, don't just listen to me. Go find other guys out there um, mm-hmm. who are who are running bigger businesses. Like my business isn't huge, right? We're at like two fifty, three hundred thousand dollars a year. Like one crew, mm-hmm. basic stuff, right? Like if that's where you want to be, great. And that's why I like to have these guys on is because they share yeah. information that I cannot share with you guys because I don't know because I haven't been there yet. Uh, but yeah, go go out there. Um, if there's there's one thing that I've heard a lot is binge watching the Jonathan Potoshnik videos on YouTube. If you mm-hmm. have not done that already, like do not listen to another podcast. Don't be watching the fun pop, you know, YouTube videos mm-hmm. until you've gone through his entire YouTube channel. Like genuinely, before you've done that, like you, it's just a huge commonality that all these guys running million dollar businesses are doing, and it's super easy to sit in front of a computer, watch videos, take notes. Mm-hmm. Super easy first actual thing, but Andrew, thank you for uh, for taking the time to come on the podcast. Just yeah, no problem. Things there. No, it was uh, super cool in such a small world. So everybody's gonna yeah. It's like, and that that's the you talk about John. And it's like I can probably name forty guys that went through academy with Jonathan in their early years, and every single one of them's doing probably two million and over, mm. and they were all doing five, six hundred thousand, maybe a million. And they're all doing multi-million dollar businesses um, from his teachings. And and we've all done other guys, you know, we're all in other groups now, but like the biggest thing, read a book and then talk to people, listen to podcasts, guys doing more and they'll, they'll prep you for the next stage of business. So, you know, when we went from 700 to a million three, it's because I knew what to expect in that whole growth area. I knew exactly what I needed to do. I knew, knew what I bought, what I buy, who to hire. I already knew that. So we could just bam and did it. And then we did it with this, you know, the turf company went from 900,000 to we'll do over 2 million this year. Well, I knew exactly what stages I was going to go through. I knew what the problems were going to be. And so I was prepared for them. So then they weren't problems. It was just like, Oh, Hey, you know, next spring we need to hire this guy. Cause I know we're gonna have this issue. You know, next year we got to hire more technicians, hire another person in the office. I already know that. So we'll be prepared and we'll just blow right through it, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on, guys. Um, if you haven't already, feel free to uh, subscribe to the podcast, a five-star review so that we can we can rank higher. More people can find this stuff. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind getting ranked a little bit higher. I'm not going to lie. And uh, you guys enjoy your day. And if I can leave you with one thing too, even from all these interviews with these guys doing well, yes, watch the YouTube videos. Yes, do that, but then take action on it. Don't just Mm -hmm. use the the education as an excuse to not do the thing. A lot of times it's like 10% education and 90% perspiration. If you're out there putting the work in, a lot of times you just need the basic information and then you just need to go from there. And a lot of times you're going to go do the thing and then learn in retrospect, like you're going to hear something be like, oh, that's what I was doing wrong. But if I just told you right now and you go out and try and do it right now, you're going to have no context to do it. So, again, guys, thank you so much for coming on and I'll catch you next time.